Hey, can I ask you guys a question? Have you ever let a preconceived idea or a notion you may have had uh, stop you from experiencing something good and new? Yeah. I know for me, Apple Pay. Like when it came out, I was like, that is a bad thing. Why would I want access to my cards on my phone? That's silly. Do you know how easy it would be for me to go and just spend all my money? I don't have to remember to take my wallet anywhere because, you know, you've always got your phone in your pocket. And then I got this Apple Watch and you can put your cards on that. And I was like, this is even worse. So I was a, Izzy will uh, testify, I was a staunch anti-Apple Pay, Pay ID, whatever you want to call it. We're like, we're not doing that. And I used to carry my big clunky wallet, which just, you know, over time fills up with cards and receipts and ID. And next thing you know, it's like this fat and you're trying to jam it in your pocket and you just can't. And you can't, a man bag's probably not as socially acceptable as I think they should be. Um, So one day I decided I would give Apple Pay a go. And let me tell you, I wish I hadn't have had those preconceived ideas because immediately I'm convenienced. Do you know how great it is to just pull your phone out or tap your watch? You never have to worry about your wallet. And to my utter like dismay or maybe surprise, I didn't go and spend all my money, right? My preconceived idea about Apple Pay caused me great inconvenience for many years and now I'm a believer. Maybe uh, you've had a similar thing. Maybe it's like, maybe it was an Apple Pay thing. You're like, no way. I don't have the self-control for that. Maybe it's, you know, you, want, you get an invitation to hang out with some friends and you're like, yeah, I'm thinking there's going to be a better offer. But one never comes. And you scroll on social media and you see everyone having a good time and you're like, Ugh. My idea about that was not as good as what it actually is. Maybe you're at a restaurant, your favorite restaurant, and you order your favorite dish because you know it's the best thing on the menu. But your friend you're with, they order something different. It comes out and you smell it. And you look at it and you're like, oh man, can I have a taste? And you taste and you're like, I did not order the best thing on the menu. This is now the best thing in the menu. Our preconceived ideas and misconceptions, right? They can stop us from experiencing a good thing. And this doesn't just happen in trivial things. I think this is something that overflows into all areas of our life. We might miss out on great opportunities at work because we think it's going to be something, but it's actually something better. And we missed out because of that idea. We can think about that with relationships with family members, with people that, you know, they go and do things and we go, I don't know about that. And you disconnect yourself and suddenly you realize you wish you had that friendship. And this kind of thinking unfortunately, bleeds over into our spiritual lives. Has anyone experienced that? I know I have, where my idea about what God can do is very different to what God can actually do. It's like I've put God in a box. And I just get so frustrated with this. I don't know about you, because for me, I don't realize it's happening until it's happened. And then I'm like, ah, I've missed it. I've got in my own Way I can think of a number of opportunities I've had to share what Jesus has done in my life in a really friendly way with people uh, that I had good relationship with, and I just didn't because I didn't believe that they were ready to hear it. Maybe I didn't believe that what I had to share had value, and now those relationships are not part of my life. I have missed the opportunity because I had an idea about how it was going to go down, and I didn't act on it, and I've missed out on that. I know I've resisted praying for people 
you know, as a leader, as a pastor, I have, I'll, be, I'll be honest here, I've resisted praying for people because I didn't think I had the right words. Or maybe I didn't think God was going to meet the need in the way that that person just asked me to pray for. I've let my preconceived ideas stop me from letting God move in a situation. I'm totally, once again, in the way. And I've refused to believe things for myself for that very same reason. Can anyone relate to that? Isn't it frustrating? When we just get in our own way. We've got to get out of the way sometimes. We've got to get out of the way. If we really want to experience what God's got for us, we have to let go of these preconceived ideas, these misconceptions, these notions, because what we'll do is just get in our own way. So, we're going to look at the story of Acts. We've been looking at Acts for a while now. And there's, there's a number of stories in Scripture that look at, you know, getting out of the way. But in Acts, there's one in particular, I think. It's, it was a total mindset shift for the early church that without this moment, I don't believe a vast majority of us, a vast majority of the church would even be here today. This is transformational thinking. When someone got out of the way and let God move, it changed the world. Literally. So let's look at that. Let's look at how we can overcome this. I'm going to paraphrase an entire chapter of Acts because we do not have time to read 48 verses. Um, So there's a Roman centurion. He's named Cornelius. Hold with me here. Uh, That means he's not a Jewish person. Keep that in mind. But he's a faithful man and he prays to God and he gives to the poor and he gets uh, a vision where an angel instructs him to get some people and get Peter. We know Peter, one of the apostles, we've talked about him in previous weeks. Uh, Peter is in a place called Joppa, and at the same time, he's having a vision from God that is showing him, check out the vision, go read the book, I'm not going to get into it, but it's showing him that God doesn't show favoritism and that he accepts all people regardless of status, race, gender, uh, social social status, history, whatever. And Peter is like, whoa, he gets shown this three times. Then the messengers show up from Cornelius, and Peter goes with them to Cornelius' house. Now, Peter is a Jew. Cornelius is not a Jew. It is a big no-no. It is a big, we do not do this in Jewish culture, to go to a non-Jewish person's house. But Peter does. Peter then goes there, and he begins preaching about Jesus, and the Holy Spirit falls upon Cornelius and his household, just as it did in Acts chapter 2, to the apostles and the disciples, confirming their faith, and then Peter decides that the whole group of people, they've just been baptized in the Holy Spirit, so they better get water baptized. And in verse 47, he says, Surely no one can stand in their way of being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Then we get into Acts chapter 11. And in the NIV, this is actually titled, Peter Explains His Actions. I find this really interesting. Peter's got to explain himself. I'm sure he's bewildered at what's just happened, and we're going to look at why. But the Jewish believers, when he gets back to Jerusalem, they're straight up in his face. They're criticizing him. They say in verse 3, you went into the house of uncircumcised men. And when he's, what they're saying there is, like, this is a massive insult to people who aren't Jews. Like, you are unworthy. You are unclean. You are not good enough for God. You went into their house. Peter, you went into those people's house and you ate with them. You had fellowship with them. And Peter, he begins to like defend himself. 
he begins to tell them about the vision that he's had, that God doesn't deem people unworthy, that God doesn't deem, uh, deem people unclean, that all people are valued. He even says to them quite clearly what God said to him, do not call anything impure that God's made clean. Peter goes with them and he tells the story uh, about sharing Jesus with the household. And we'll pick it up in verse 15. This is him defending himself to the Jews. As I begin to, began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. And this would have held a lot of weight to these believers because they were there for Acts chapter 2. They had received the Holy Spirit. They had seen the great moves that we've talked about in, in, in the weeks. Check it out on YouTube. But we've talked about all the things that the Holy Spirit was doing amongst the early church. He came on us, as he came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. And then I remembered what the Lord had said. This is something Jesus said to the disciples. John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's like a light bulb moment for Peter. He's in the moment and he's seeing the Holy Spirit come upon them. Ding, ding, it's time. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think? that I could stand in God's way. It's so clear, Peter's revelation right there. And I love this in verse 18. When they heard this, they had no further objections. They praised God saying, so then even to Gentiles, even to those people we thought were unworthy, unclean, unacceptable, even to those people, God has granted repentance that leads to life. This is a massive mindset shift for this early Jewish-based church. Because remember, they did not like the Gentiles. It was, and can you imagine Peter? He's in Joppa having this vision. Uh, and his understanding is that the Gentiles, the people who weren't Jewish, were absolutely not part of God's plan for humanity. But his vision and the experience he has right after it transform this thinking in him and without this shift we would not be here today because you can see as you continue reading through acts this is a shift in the thinking of the church that jesus is for everyone and i don't know if any of you guys are jewish heritage i'm definitely not that means that <laughs> this shift has led thousands of years later to me being here to a lot of us being here today so we got to thank Peter and we'll thank God for revealing this to Peter, but thank Peter for getting out of the way <laughs> and letting God move. I love this. this. This is equivalent to us thinking of the most terrible person we could imagine. The most, like they've done some crazy things that we would deem totally immoral, totally wrong, totally evil. And God's saying, yeah, it's okay. I love them too. That's the equivalent of mindset shift. Who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When Peter got out of God's way, there was transformation. There was groundbreaking, like just mindset shifts. And I love that we get to experience this today. You know, because this isn't just something for the early church. We get in our own way when it comes to what God was doing, right? We, we go, I think this is how God works. And we enter a situation and it's so easy for us to have, there can be a little opportunity to, to do something different, do something outside of, our, outside of our thinking. And we just go, nah, I don't think God works like that. And now sometimes the Holy Spirit's going to do what the Holy Spirit's going to do. Sometimes we close an opportunity. We get in the way of God wanting to work. 
man, this is something we can all experience. If we want to experience something new, if you want to experience new life, if you want to experience transformation, if you want to experience fresh starts, we've got to get out of the way of ourselves and let God really move in our situations. Who's ready for that? Great. Number one, we've got to get out of the way of God working in ourselves. I want to look at three areas. I should have preambled this, but I, I want to look at three areas where we need to get out of the way of God working. The firstly, we're going to start with ourselves, And maybe that's a little bit selfish, but I know in my experience, if I can't let God work in my own heart, it's difficult for me to let God work in other people's hearts. So we're going to start with ourselves. What have you given up believing God could do in your life? Healing is one area that I've experienced that I gave up faith for. I had a a back injury when I was 17, um, twisted one of the lower discs in my back, uh, prevented me from walking properly for like six months, took a long time to rehab it, and I'd gotten prayer for it, but nothing ever became of it, and it was always an issue. Like if I didn't, if I wanted to exercise, I'd better spend 20 minutes doing some warm-ups, like 20 minutes, just to get my back going for a little run, let alone doing anything else. And I just got to a point where I was like, well, God isn't going to heal it. I'm just going to have to deal with it. It'll be like uh, Paul talks about in some of the, uh, the letters, he's got this ailment that God doesn't heal from. Like, it's going to be my one of those. There's something I've got to deal with, right? Uh, and I gave up faith for it, and I just accepted it. And one day at an encounter night, um, the, from what I can remember, it was very much like a general prayer of healing. And Izzy put her hand on my back, my wife healed. I had no faith for it. (laughs) Like I had got in the way of God so many times and God still healed it. And for me that reignited, it was like, oh my gosh, God can physically heal. Come on, what what, what do you need healing for tonight? What do you need healing for in your body or in your mind that you've given up faith for? Hey, leave that aside. God absolutely wants to heal that. Jesus wants to work in you. The Holy Spirit wants you to experience the freedom that healing brings to you. Maybe it's your finances. I know it's really easy to get out on the media and every was at the fourth of every month you get out there. Oh, what's the uh, cash rate increase? The RBA going to make a decision? Is my home loan going to go up? What's that mean for the cost of living? Those grocery prices. It's all doom and gloom. If you get into that, it's all doom and gloom. Is God not bigger? than what's happening in the financial markets. I know we're young and we have a lot of concern for the future. A lot of us have goals of like owning property or business. But is God not bigger than all that? Can God not make a way in your finances? Hey, it's so easy to just want to hoard and give up faith that God can bless you when you trust Him in it. Because, you know, if I save that 10% or if I'm not going to be generous there because, you know, I need that for... God's bigger than any of that, man. Maybe it means actually receiving advice from someone who's further along the journey with you. Maybe it means trusting God with your finances. Maybe it means just taking a little step of faith and blessing someone when you're not sure how you can make ends meet. You know, when you do that, I truly believe that's actually getting out of God's way and letting Him move in your finances. Maybe it's a, like an offense or a trauma you've received. Maybe someone's hurt you really bad and you've tried to work through it. And you get to the point where you're like, nah, I'm going to struggle with this for the rest of my life. I encourage you, man, that's not new life. That's not freedom. These things might actually, you might have been seriously hurt 
by someone. And that's, you know, that is very unfortunate. But, you know, Jesus doesn't want to leave you right where you're at. Yes, these things happen. Yes, they're not good. But Jesus doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to bring you into your future. He wants to help you move past that. It might be tough, but Jesus has freedom for you in those moments. He has freedom to free you from the past pain. The past happened, but he can free you from that and bring you into a future where that's not a pain point for you anymore. Hey, what breakthrough do you need that you've stopped believing for? Keep believing for it. If we want to get out of our own way, sometimes we've just got to start believing for things again. I find in my life when I stop believing for stuff, it almost, it doesn't block God from moving, but it's harder for me to experience God move. God always wants to move, but do I want to experience that? That's the question I want to ask myself. We've got to get out of the way of ourselves. Number two, we've got to get out of the way of God working in our circle. It's so easy for us just to think God doesn't want to work in situations. That, oh, they'll believe God for it. They'll find a way. It's so easy to brush over those opportunities to share our faith or to share our thoughts on something. Um, Because we might think, oh, I don't have the right words for this. Oh, I don't think God wants to speak to that. Oh, maybe they're not ready for it. Come on, who's who's told yourself that? I definitely have. I'll be honest. You don't know what God's been doing in that situation. You don't know what God's been working in that heart. What you have to say might very well be the perfect thing for that person right there in that moment. They might not even tell you it, but it could be exactly what that person needs to hear. When the opportunity comes, just open your mouth. Trust the Holy Spirit that He's going to give you the right words, that He's going to give you the right amount to say, that what you say is going to be fine. You know, do we trust God with our friendships, with our relationships? That When someone asks your opinion on something, share what you think. Trust the Holy Spirit is on those words and it's actually going to impact that person. It's going to make a difference in that situation. It's not going to end things just because you shared your thought. God's working in that situation. I know when it comes to praying for other people, one thing that really impacted me, Slater, I'm going to put you on the spot. Well, I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to put you on the spot. But Slater, uh, Slater got out of, the, out of the way of God working in me. Um, I had a heart issue last year that they couldn't figure out why I was having a heart issue. Uh, one before a PM service, I was sitting in the foyer and Slater came up. I was just sitting because I was experiencing a fair bit of heart pain. And Slater came up and just was talking to me. And in the middle of the conversation, he goes, mate, are you okay? And Slater didn't have to ask that. I don't think I was giving any outward signs of being in pain. I just said, mate, well, I'm experiencing a bit of heart pain and the doctors don't know. And he goes, well, someone in my life got healed recently. So can we pray for you right now? He prayed for me. I never had another bit of heart pain again. Like Slater could have just been like, oh man, that sucks. Well, you better go see a cardiac. Well, Josh Stage is a cardiac, so I just come and see, you know. But instead he was like, no, let's pray for it. He got out of of the way and just let God move. And it wasn't a complicated prayer. It was a prayer of faith. Jesus said pagans think they're heard by their many words, right? But it's actual, it's our faith in our words that brings God into the situation. You don't have to have the right words to pray for someone. At Life Group, when someone goes, hey, can you pray for this? Don't be like, oh, I don't know what to say. Just pray with faith. Simple prayer. There was a guy, a new Christian in my group, prayed for the sale of a car, and he said, 
Jesus, uh, help someone buy this car. Amen. Car sold that night. Like, it's the faith that lets God move. Get out of the way. Stop overthinking it. Let, just let God move when you're praying for people and you have those opportunities. Who knows what God will do? Who knows what conversations will be opened because you had the faith? to hop out of the way and just let the Holy Spirit speak through you. Who knows what God's going to do in the lives of those around you because you took a step of faith and instead of overthinking it and getting in the way, you let God move and you prayed over that situation. Who knows what God could do in our circles when we get out of the way? Number three, our world. If we can get out of the way of God working in us, if we can get out of the way of God working in our circles, we can get out of the way of God working in our world, hey? Pastor Chris, one of his points this morning when he was preaching was don't die on the wrong hill. You know, it's so easy for us to read into what the media is putting out and look at all the articles and, and think it's all going to hell in a handbasket, so I better have my say as a Christian. And we die on the wrong hill with the wrong argument and that gets in the way of God working. Like, do, we, do we really believe the world's getting worse? We can look at stuff and be like, it's end times. Jesus has got to come back soon. I don't know. <laughs> Look, there are some, let's be real, there's some crazy stuff going on out there. There might be some agendas getting be, being pushed around, but is God not bigger than it all? The world's actually getting better in so many different ways. We probably just have more access to seeing the bad stuff. But in reality, God is redeeming the world. The world is getting better. God's bigger than any of the crazy stuff we see. He's bigger than any, any agenda that might be being pushed. So let's get out of God's way. We don't need to jump into every argument and die on the wrong hill just because we think we're right. I actually think that as a church, if we want to see our world change, if we want to see God move in our world, our way of getting out of the way is just by being Christians is just by being believers. It's just by simply being who God's called you to be. Be the best Jesus lover you can be to the people in your world. Be Jesus to the people in the world. Be the most kind, gracious, loving, generous person you can be to every person you come across, whether they're in your circle or they're a random on the street. And we'll actually begin to see God change the world. Because what we're doing then is we're not becoming stumbling blocks for people encountering Jesus. We're giving a good representation of who Jesus is, not some weird representation of a scripture we've pulled out of context. We're being who Jesus was to the people in his day. We're being who Jesus was, was to the people in our world. And that's getting out of the way, letting God move. Who knows what that influence is going to bring? I think I've seen more reach, more influence, more impact, more transformation when people live as Jesus would, loving, kind, gracious, generous to the people in their world than preaching scriptures or teaching. And there's nothing wrong with sharing scripture and teaching. But what speaks to people who aren't on that journey is a life, a life lived well. If we want to change our world, we've got to get out of the way let God move and just be who God's called us to be. Now, I truly believe that when we get out of our own way, when we let God move, when we get out of God's way, when we let God move, we're actually going to experience something that like what Peter experienced. Peter, he could have had that vision and been like three times. No, God, no. 
I know you've shown me the vision three times, but it's going to take more than that. I'm not going with Cornelius' messages because they're those other people. <laughs> Writing someone off because of his preconceptions. Instead, he let them go and he got out of God's way. Who was I to stand in God's way? And we could begin to experience what Peter did. Fresh revelation. A new chapter in the story. Freedom for ourselves. Freedom for the people in our circle. Freedom for the people in our world. Man, who wants that? Who wants to experience the new thing that God wants to do in your heart? Yeah, I'm excited for that. Can you imagine what your world would look like if you simply spent more time just getting out of the way of God? and letting God actually move in your situation. Can you imagine that the physical ailment that you've dealt with for so long healed? You're now pain-free. You've got full movement. It's not a worry. You're not concerned about what that means for your future. The habit you thought you'd never break, gone. The chain's broken. You've now got a new way of thinking about things. You've now you've got a different outlook on life. And instead of being trapped by a mindset or a habit... You're now able to pursue what you really want to pursue and what God's really want to put in your heart uninhindered. Maybe that situation at work where you saw no solution. Free, gone from that. God, it's just, it also takes is a touch of God and things can change without you even knowing. And you rock up to work the next day. It's all different. Man, can you imagine that? The family member you thought would never change. The Holy Spirit moves in them because of someone else getting out of God's way, and now that relationship has changed forever. It's all possible. It is all possible when we just stand out of the way and let God come through and do His thing. Sometimes we just got to get out of the way to see it. Why don't we stand? I've got some questions for us just to think about as we uh, head out into the week. As we Maybe there's something to chat about over gourmet hot dogs after the service. Firstly, what are some ideas you've got about God that you need to let go of? You know, there's so many, so many ideas we can get about who God is and what Jesus means for us that they might not necessarily be wrong, but they might be unhelpful. What do you need to let go of? What do you need to believe for again? What have you given up faith that God could do in your life? What do you need to believe for again? Where can you recognize yourself getting in God's way? And I can look at that question, and I know I wrote it, but I can still think of things where I can recognize myself getting in God's way. Whether it's because I'm scared or whether it's because I don't think it works like that. Which leads me to the last question. What are we going to do about it? It's all well and good having an answer to these questions. You know, what do, what do, I know I need to let go of that idea, and I need to believe for this, and I, I get in the way of God here. What are we actually going to do about it? Because it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to do it. And when I, I believe that when we do it, that's when we experience what God wants to do. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that you love us so much that you don't want to leave us where we are, but you want to bring us into a brand new future, that you want to bring us into a brand new chapter. Jesus, help reveal things to us that need to go. Ideas, preconceptions, fear help us let go of that show us what it is that you want to do in each of our lives bring us fresh faith for what it is that you can do in each and every one of us and the lives of those around us Lord as we get out of your way and just let you work in Jesus name help us take action on that Amen
And maybe you're here tonight and you wouldn't say you've journeyed with Jesus before. Maybe you haven't journeyed with Jesus for a while. I want to give you an opportunity just while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. If that's you, you say, Matt, I don't know. What about this Jesus guy? I've heard about him. Maybe I've tried him. He didn't work for me. Hey, can I encourage you tonight? Jesus is all about fresh starts. He's all about new life. Maybe you know you need to take that step tonight. I want you to shoot your hand up so I know who I'm praying for. Jesus, we just thank you for people choosing to follow you afresh tonight. Whether it's for the first time or the first time in a while, Lord, we just pray you would take them by the hand gently and take them into the next chapter of their life, Lord. Show them the future that you've got for them in Jesus' name. Amen.